0: There's a million things we have to do today, and worrying doesn't need to be one of them. That's why one in nine families use Life360 for safety, to connect to the people that matter most. Join today and get premium features that keep your family protected with real-time location updates, crash detection, and 24-7 roadside assistance. Because let's face it, you're more than just your to-do list, you're a family. So let's Live Life 360. Download for free today.
1: Hey guys, if you're struggling with maximizing midlife for any stage of your life, I encourage you to check out my new guide, the No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife and Getting Back What Matters Most. In the guide, I cover the three core principles that have helped me to become a better man, husband, father, provider, and athlete. At 48, I've been able to simplify my life, reduce stress and anxiety, perform at a higher level, earn more, be happier, and have more fun. I wanted to share not just my why, but my how with all of you. So to get your free copy, go to midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide, or follow me on Instagram at Greg Scheinman, where there's a link to the guide in my bio. This is the Midlife
0: Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman, brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns
1: Group is ensuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. Greg Scheinman here for another episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me each and every week. I greatly appreciate it. If you like what you hear, Please give us that five-star rating, leave us a really good review, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell all your buddies, tell those guys out there that are looking to navigate middle age, achieve a better quality life, to subscribe to the program, go to my site at gregsheiman.com, subscribe to the weekly newsletter, and help us keep the midlife male movement growing. We're all in this together. We're all looking to live the best lives possible. And we're going to bring you some stories and some guys that can share their experiences with you. And hopefully we can all learn a little something and make some progress. Be healthy, be happy in all areas and aspects of our lives and become better and more balanced men. That's what this is all about. On the show today, I am... Stoked for this. Josh Takeman joins me. Josh is the founder of eBoost. If you're not familiar with eBoost, eBoost is a premium, clean, performance supplement company that uses natural ingredients and formulas to make you feel great and do more in life and sport. Sounds like something we could all benefit from. So Josh was cool enough to send me a bunch of eBoost products. There's a pre-workout called POW. There's this really amazing watermelon-flavored BCAA recovery powder. And I've been taking them. I've been enjoying them. I'm super selective, super picky on anything I take or put into my body. I am not a big supplement guy, But I also appreciate and know that there are certain things I need to supplement in my diet, nutrition, and life because I'm just not getting enough of elsewhere. One of those areas is definitely in recovery. And I'm going to focus on that particular product because it has become an integral part of my day-to-day life and part of my routine. I am taking that E-Boost, really good watermelon-flavored BCAA recovery powder, and I am mixing that every morning with my smart water without fail. And post-workout, I am taking it again. And it's helping. How do I know it's helping? Because I feel better. I'm recovering better. And no, it's not the only thing, but it's a good thing. And when you combine good supplements with clean, healthy, sustainable, longevity based living, health, fitness, nutrition, family, finances, careers, all that stuff that we throw in that bucket, it helps. Josh is a lifelong entrepreneur. He started out working alongside Sean P. Diddy Combs as VP of marketing for Bad Boy Entertainment. He was a key driver in building Bad Boy and P. Diddy into a global entertainment empire. He's a New York guy living in New York with his wife, Kristen, and their children. He boxes. I see him out there. This guy stays super, super fit. I don't know if I'd get in the ring with him. Maybe if you want to get in the ring, Josh will throw around a little bit, have a little fun. Let's do it for charity if we're going to do anything at all. Um, He is a guy who has tremendous personality. He's a health and wellness advocate, loves to surf the sand. He's summering out east with his family and his friends. It's a fun, fun story. So let's get to Josh Takeman on the Midlife Mail podcast. Here we go. Josh, how you doing?
0: 'm doing I'm doing great under all the conditions that we're all living with right now, but we're we're healthy and we're here. That is good to
1: hear uh, so first thing I want to ask you since we are are talking about, uh, under some challenging and unprecedented times right now with with this virus, is how is your daily routine? How are you managing what's changed um, and how are you addressing it?
0: Well, it's a complete because we're in a different environment, you know. We're in a out east, so we're not in the comfort of our own at home with all of our stuff. Uh, we're homeschooling. We have two young children, 8 and 11, who both have different curriculums in different schools. So, it's, it's have running two different processes of homeschooling. So, uh, I think I forgot everything I learned in school. So, like, like, not as helpful as I hope I'd be, but I also think completely changed than the way that we learned how to do divisions and things like that. So it's kind of a, a little bit of an eye opener going like, wow, what these kids are learning and their processes and how they're doing it. And obviously we didn't have computers, right? So we didn't have Zoom and those things back when we were kids. So it's 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 a really uh, amazing time to engage with the kids and be part of that process where if we're working and everything wasn't normal, we wouldn't experience any of that.
1: Yep. And and for you personally, are you up early before the family and the kids get up? You know, are you still kind of getting your yeah. training in or have you adapted that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm still getting up early and training before and uh, trying to be helpful with, you know, like getting everyone up and breakfast and all that. So I just got to get up a little bit earlier and get it, knock it out and get it done.
1: Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your go-to Training routine right now. Also, you know what's your what's your favorite? What are you spending the most time doing? You know, I'm always a cardio fanatic just because I love the endorphin
0: rush, and I'm a sweater, so it's like I feel like if I'm not sweating, I didn't work out. So cardio definitely gives me that. Once I body up and gets done, Um, and then I'm not a big weight that just doing my own body type exercises, and I really love. And I'm a style guy And don't stick to any one particular program You know, pre this I spent a lot of time boxing Because I really loved the overall boxing experience And the combination of cardio And your own body weight type stuff So right now I'm just doing a combination Of cardio, band, and
1: body weight mm-hmm. Now, was health and fitness Always an integral part of your lifestyle Or did you evolve into this over time?
0: You know, it's funny, I've always been very athletic and and forced my whole life, but I was never in at all. I mean, I would do what was ever required for this sport, but I would never do any extra training. Uh, I think once I got in college, um, I started in the benefits of, like, exercising every day on my own, you know, like, particularly, again, on cardio or playing basketball. And then I just kind of became addicted to that, Endorphin rush and clearing my mind, and it was just a way to relieve stress and just make me. It was the one thing I did for myself every day, Mm -hmm. and I just never let go of that. And I just mentally said, You know, if you could do one thing a day for yourself, get your body going, and doing one positive thing first thing in the morning to me, that was exercising and working out, and then I could really have the. Kind of self empowerment to go and
1: tackle the day and whatever challenges came my way or opportunities. Have you been a, a solo practitioner when it comes to fitness? Or are you more of a group exercise? Or you mentioned boxing, like more of a one on one with you and a trainer?
0: No, I like, I do both. I mean, I love group fitness, I love doing it with other people and friends. I love the social aspect of it. Uh, so, and I love mixing it up. Like, I'll go try any class. So, and then but then I also like uh, you know one-on-one particularly in boxing but I've never been like a one-on-one like just get a trainer and just train with one person I've always enjoyed doing it more in a group activity or just solo
1: yep let's let's shift gears a little bit um, on this I want to talk about eboost yeah yeah what inspired you to create and start eBoost and tell us a little bit about what it is
0: uh, you know, eBoost is, uh, I think, uh, the white space that I saw was 13 years. is, I worked in the music industry. I worked for Puffy for, for five, six years. I did kind of all this marketing and venture business, and then I left and started my own marketing agency. But I always really believed in the power of brands and using the power of talent to help build an uh So... Uh, I had an opportunity to do something with a supplement company and we were going to work with 50 cent and that kind of fell through at the last second. And then just sitting with a friend, we're just like, God, what's, what's missing in our life? Like there's no healthy energy products. You know, we refused to drink the Red Bulls except for occasionally with vodka. Uh, but a monster or rock star, any of those drinks was definitely I would never go and buy one of those or drink one. Um, and then on the powdered side, all the pre-workouts and all the kind of, nutrition stuff was just loaded with artificial ingredients and sweeteners and chemicals. We're like, why is there just not a clean, healthy product that you could pour in your water that gives you all your essential vitamins and minerals, you know, some hydration, maybe some focus, but also a really healthy lift of energy without a crash. And so that was kind of like the, the aha moment. Like, God, imagine if we could create something that tasted good, gave, gave you all these great functional benefits and meant to be taken every single day. You know, not only, you know, to get you through the day from a healthy um, preventative. Like if you took all these essential vitamins and minerals every single day, you're really supporting your immune system and your daily health and wellness. Um, and you don't wait. Unfortunately, a lot of people wait till they get sick until they start taking things. But if you're proactive and keeping a healthy routine, then hopefully you don't get sick. Yeah. So that was kind of impetus to go down that path and I obviously knew how to make the product and we're just naive and as an entrepreneur like oh let's just have fun and do it and so it turned into kind
1: of a passion project now it's turned into a business. It's, it, it's a it's a great point about the passion project um, and idea into into a business. What's your thought process behind that and kind of how you execute? You know taking ideas to execution. I think it's one thing to you know to have an idea. It's another to kind of be able to take that idea and execute it. Do you have you know a process that you go through, kind of a checklist or things that have to meet a certain criteria before you say, Hey, we're gonna flip the switch on this from kind of passion or hobby, you know, into a business?
0: No, I mean that's like uh, like some, uh, well like there's the entrepreneurs there's the entrepreneurs that went to Harvard Business School and can really like lay out a business plan and map it out. I've always been much more like have an idea and then figure it out unfortunately, so it was much more the passion of like, oh we could figure this out and selfishly we were creating the product for ourselves, so we were really the benchmark of like how does it taste and how do you feel um so, there was no like huge focus. We hand it out to a bunch of friends and said, "Do you like the taste and you like how you feel and would you take it every day and That was kind of like our small group uh that we would use to power the product development and then just kind of just started figuring it out just like um like kind of like a small business where we set up a website kind of like pre a lot of e commerce Started getting one thing we had great relationships with press and media, so we're able to get some amazing press and media and get it in the hands of a lot of celebrity and talent. And so it just kind of like started organically turning into this brand um, into a very targeted niche audience, mostly New York and Southern California. And then honestly, I was so passionate about the product, and then I raised money from friends, so then you feel like you have a little bit of a noose around your neck when you take on the responsibility of taking money from friends. And so I kind of ran the business for a long time, um, undercapitalized, under-resourced. So really never put in the position to scale. And then probably three years ago, I'm like, listen, this either has to go from a passion project to a business or walk away from it uh, because it's got to be one or the other. And so I said, this is a brand, and people love the product. It's still a small brand. Uh, Our consumers were asking us to create more products to to fill more need states for them. So we, you know, evolved from just the super powder, and then we created our pre-workout. And that got pre-workout. We did a whole brand position of because it's holding fuel for a better you platform that gives us the flexibility to build additional products off of that platform.
1: Mm. What are some of the new products that you're, that you're working on? And again, how do you decide what you want to bring to market?
0: Um, Well, about a year ago, we launched a beverage. So we basically took our super, our super fuel powder our super, super powder and turned it into a, lightly carbonated beverage and did a partnership with Arizona beverages. So that was our big, that was honestly our big breakthrough. That was like, Holy shit, we're in the big leagues now to go from being able to do powder and being like specialty retail into being actually a beverage on trucks and going in mass retail and up and down the street. That was really like graduation into the big leagues. And so that's been a majority of our focus because it's been taken off uh, and being really well received and, it's really a unique and differentiated product in the world of energy, or in particularly healthy, functional energy. Um, so we're spending a lot of time on that. And then out of the product development from our power-free Workout, uh, it was doing so well at one of our retail partners, Sprouts. The buyers like, can you please create an extension to this? You know, there's a void where we believe um, clean, healthy BCAs. And so, in the next week or so, we're launching a BCA called Rescue with this really amazing watermelon matrix that actually tastes good, which is unusual for the BCA space.
1: Yeah, I can I can attest to that from from experience. On there,
0: mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm.
1: as it relates to the business, you know, and and you know, you're a serial entrepreneur, having done a number of of things. Um, what are the areas of the business that you really enjoy? being a part of, you know, to feel authentic and feel really natural to you? And then what other areas you know, are just, okay, we've, we've got to do these, you know, I've got to be involved in these or I've got to delegate them down. You know, where do you see kind of your, your strengths and weaknesses and where you like to spend your time and maybe where you don't? Uh, um, definitely anything,
0: operation, anything operationally is not my daily work, not my interest. Um, definitely much more on the creative relationship side, sales side. So I would say it's marketing, sales, relationships, uh, sweet spot, mentoring people, um, operationally, uh, weak spot.
1: Mm -hmm. How do you hire for that, you know, or surround yourself? Um,
0: You know, I've been really fortunate. We're a really, 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 really small team. But, our team does a lot. I mean, when I look at the out uh, performance of and the things that we get done for a company our size, um, it blows other people away. I, I have friends that have companies that are three, four, five x, and but we're, we're producing as much output in terms of like materials or marketing or um, campaigns. So it's really everything is about your team and kind of everyone has a different unique skill set. So we've got a great operations person and really understands finance, have a great marketing and kind of do it all guy, have great marketing support, have amazing accounting person and customer service. And then we work with hand selected people, uh, channels or counter or needs. Um, You don't have to build a massive infrastructure. um, If you have a good foundation of people.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. You've you've had a lot of experience also in the public eye just by the nature of the of the businesses that you've been in. You talked a little bit about the music industry, and we'll get into that a little bit deeper. Television exposure, um, personally and professionally, you know, in there. How do you approach kind of being in the public stage? You know, what do you do you watch? Do you listen? Do you how do you take things in terms of personally, you know, in there? How has that experience been?
0: When you say take, what do you mean?
1: Kind of, you know, like you've you've ha- you've been in public and and people write things about you, your family. Um, you're out there, whether it's parenting, whether it's publicity-wise, whether it's product. Uh, a lot different, I think, than you know, an entrepreneur, or somebody running a business, kind of. You know, outside the public eye, you know, in private, maybe without the media, the television exposure, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you have to have thick
0: skin because there's always going to be critics. Um, but yeah, I also grew up with Puffy in the music industry, so I understood the power of media and exposure to get a message out there and for you to build your own brand. So um, I think it's If if you are building a brand and you do have a platform or an outlet to be able to reach more people and tell your story or align yourself with other people in your business community or leaders of other industry, I think it's really helpful.
1: Has it changed at all for you pre-family versus having a family?
0: Hmm? I mean... No, not really. I mean, just family, you just have a, a large percentage of your time is focused on something that's not business. Family is is a much more uh, dedicated time resource um, for their growth and development and supporting them. And, you know, I live in New York City, so I'm, I'm much more of, a, you know, I have to take my, pick my son up from practice, take him to practice, take him to his games. The weekends are all about kid stuff, so you're... Time gets diverted uh, a lot from your core business into your family. So it's just juggling that is always a a tough transition to go from not having it to having it. Mm -hmm. Where were you raised? Where did you grow up? I grew up in a really cool suburb in Northern California called Danville.
1: And... How did you get from California, you know, to New York? You spent some time. You were living in California for a while, and then now you're based in New York. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it's uh, ironic. I just always was enamored with New York. As I, I as a kid, I loved hip hop music, and I always was enamored with New York, like the bright lights, big city. Like the music that came out in New York, the culture. You know, as a kid growing up, you hear about kids playing uh, street ball, uh, stick ball uh, subways, graffiti wars. I'd watch all those movies. So I had a chance to go to New York. I had one friend that was living there, uh, on my way to a trade show in DC. And after I got there, I just got sucked up into the culture. And I'm like, how am I not living here? And I literally at that moment made the decision to move to New York and went home, sold my, sold my car, got moved out of my apartment, quit my job, collected a little bit of commissions uh returned all my stuff to my parents house and i was literally living back in new york
1: like 16 days later
0: wow no job yeah no job no nothing and i only knew of you know under five people
1: Hey guys, recently I discovered Inside Tracker. What they do is help you take your health to the next level by setting up a blood test, easily showing you your biomarker results and telling you specific things you can do to improve the ones that are at risk. I got clear suggestions on which foods to eat, supplements to take, and lifestyle changes to make. This is important to me. I get my blood work done every year. I've never gotten Information and insight like what I've gotten from Inside Tracker. It's super important to me at 48 to know what's going on with my body so that I can be at my best for as long as possible. What I got was a clear picture of what my body looks like on the inside, a clear measure of whether my diet and exercise choices are helping or hurting me, a clear idea of who or what to trust when it comes to health, wellness, and performance guidance. If you guys are looking to take charge of your health and wellness, I highly recommend Inside Tracker. To learn more, go to midlifemail.com forward slash partners. Find Inside Trackers information and all of our Midlife Mail brand partners over there. So what was the entry into the music business? How did that happen?
0: You know, I was always passionate about that space when I lived in LA. You know, I had a glorified job slash internship. I would call it much more of an internship for an urban record label. Um, so I was always very passionate about that. Then I worked at kind of an entertainment marketing company and Vibe magazine when it launched. So it was always at my core. Like, I loved that lifestyle, that culture. And when I first moved to New York, I was trying to get, like, a job at a record label. But I, I was really a little bit too proud to be an assistant. Uh, but not qualified to have a job above that, you know, like a product manager. So I missed out a couple opportunities I probably should have taken, and I ended up taking some random jobs just to pay the bills, uh, which I didn't really enjoy or didn't really motivate me. And then I had this unique opportunity. Um, I met the new president of Bad Boy Entertainment, and I pitched him this concept of creating a marketing agency within Bad Boy, where I would be the bridge between Brands and corporate America and marketing and sponsorship and endorsement and the artists and find non-traditional ways to market the artists and the brand. And I pitched him on the concept, and then he put me in front of Puffy, and Puffy loved everything I had to say except for that I wanted $2,000 a month salary. Like you eat what you kill, because I ain't paying you shit until you make me money. So you eat what you kill if you want to eat what you kill, then we got a spot for you. If you want me to pay you, then we don't have a spot for you. And so I literally, I went from being too proud to be an assistant to taking a job that didn't pay me a penny. (laughs) Would you pay that advice forward? Without question. I knew 100% it was what I wanted to do. So I always say this to people. I'm like, stop spending time trying to get a job. Spend time trying to find a way to get in the organization that you want to really work with and grow and be part of. And if you're good, a job will be created for you or you'll fall into that lane. But you can't get a job from the outside. You have to be inside the company, building relationships, getting to know people, people knowing your name, people seeing you put in the work and the hustle. And you'll pe- people want to see people like that succeed, so they create opportunities for them or they share existing opportunities. With
1: them. So
0: say, If you're passionate and you're smart and willing to make sacrifices, you just got to get your foot in the door.
1: There's a lot of trust that goes into that too. Um, you know, what's your what's your feeling about you know your business relationships and 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 how you approach trust and taking people you know at your word as it comes to that? Saying, look, I'm going to roll my sleeves up, I'm going to hustle, we're going to work, we're going to do all this, and we're doing this on this kind of eat what you kill you know mindset. This belief in one another has that always mm-hmm. you know been there for you? Yeah, I think that's how I've always operated my life,
0: a very instinct-based, very don't tell me, show me, um, and I've always just been a doer, and if, if someone says no, I'm even that much more determined to turn the no into a yes or prove them otherwise, so it's, I've been extremely stubborn that way, um, but if if you go in with that attitude and you you're not a person that needs a pat on the back or accolades and you just put your head down and make shit happen, then people take notice.
1: Mm-hmm. how do you also approach uh you know throughout your career working for an organization you talked just a second ago about getting inside an organization in order to make things happen working alongside you know and with people and then also you know, being the man in charge do you approach those situations any differently
0: yeah they are totally different right like Part of me really loves being part of an organization because then you're not responsible for things that you're not good at. You know, when I work with Puffy and a bad boy, like all I had to do was go and create opportunities. I didn't have to worry about human resources, uh, payroll, insurance, rising prices of insurance, medical, hiring, firing people. Like those are uh, a whole different kind of headaches and exercises that takes you away from what you really love doing or that you're best, uh, best suited at. So in some ways, it's great to plug into an existing infrastructure if you could be a superpower in what you do. But when you branch out and you do your own thing, then, you know, unfortunately, you're responsible for whatever you want to deal with. Yep.
1: How old are you now?
0: And, and the, one, the, one, the best example is I think of chefs, right? Like every chef thinks they should have their own restaurant. And I'm like, why would you take yourself out of the kitchen? If that's your superpower. Now you're going to be dealing with staff. You're dealing with put, put you know, personally guaranteeing a lease on a building infrastructure, resources, computer systems, training, like you're doing everything, but in the kitchen where you're best suited. So it's, you know, know your lane and, and, and focus on that lane. Or if you do have the opportunity, make sure you align yourself with someone that's great at the things you're not good at. Yep, it's
1: great. great point. Um, how old are you now? You know? 50. 50, okay. <laughs> so how are you approaching this phase of your life from, let's say, you're, even your 30s you know, right now? different friends, different daily activities, different perspectives on things. What's 50 mean to you?
0: It's scary. I mean, I'm like, damn, I'm nowhere where I thought I'd be when I was 50. I thought I'd be in a different position, you know, when I, when I was 30. Um, but it's real. You got family, you know. Uh, we're dealing with this current pandemic. Um, you know, I was there for 2008, which was a horrible window of time. Um it's you're much more self-aware of things that you weren't even thinking about when you were 30. I'd have to think about my kids and their future. I have to think about retirement, uh, my wife, and like what, what's going to happen 20 years from now. Where are we going to be? And did we save enough money? Did we put ourselves in a position to be comfortable? You know, and when you're an entrepreneur, you're a huge risk taker. So you usually have all your chips on the table. So, you start making thinking about some things a little
1: differently uh, when you're at fifty
0: Mhm
1: so where are you five years from now where are Where do you think you 'll be five years from now ten years what what's the plan if if there is one
0: I mean the plan is keep doing what i 'm passionate about and what I'm, my, where my skills are best suited um, Leverage my network to the best of my ability um, to create opportunities. Uh, continue to just drive eBoost and make it uh, a successful, profitable company. I'm like, yeah, that's two percent of the company. So like, that's not how it works. So if we could build a really successful company and make it financially healthy. Love what we do every single day. Then you know, I'd be happy to be in that place five years from now.
1: Yep. Outside of, of work, uh, who's the inner circle, you know, for you? Who do you confide in? Uh, are you a guys trip person, you know, getaway? You know, what's, what's the outside stuff for release for you?
0: Um, you know, I'm really fortunate. I have some really great friends, you know, based all over the country. Um, I love events. I love, you know, traveling to whether it's the Art Balls of the world or the Sundance Film Festivals or the Super Bowls. So I always try and work that into my schedule where it's, you know, part of my business is relationships and networking. So, so I have to plant myself in environments where I can always build my network and I love doing it. So yeah. I've taken that on. It's kind of like a side project where I host these different events. these no agenda of events just bring kind of Titans of industry together and always trying to connect good people to good people. And my motto is you always got to give four times more than what you ever asked for. So in relationships, it's it's critical that you're a giver and not someone just seen as always trying to take or ask for. Um, So I try and give as much as I can and whatever that means.
1: Yep. What are your thoughts on, and how any of this changes now based on what we're dealing with, you know, at the moment, the way people network, the types of events, the things that may add value, more that you can give in a changing, you know, in the new normal. And how long does this last? Not that we, that we know, but does it change your approach?
0: Yeah. I mean, the environment changes, Uh, people aren't going to be in survival mode and when you get in survival mode it's wartime. You have to think about survival and protecting yours and making really hard decisions. So mentally mindsets are going to change. People's flexibility is going to change. Um, Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of really smart, talented people out there looking for their next opportunity. So I do think there's areas I could be helpful in connecting good people to good people that might bring business opportunities to the table for them, which, which would make me personally satisfied if I could ever help people in that way. Um, but the landscape's going to change over the next 12 months. And so you just have to have a wartime mentality. And I think you also see the good side of it in a lot of people that are willing to, you know, use the resources to try and help others.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have a process for making tough decisions? You know, you, you mentioned tough decisions, just a second. Is it, do you have a way that you think it through, invoke a 24 hour rule or something that you go through to make those tough decisions?
0: Um, I try and take the emotion out of it, especially if it stirs a, a strong emotion one way or the other You try and sit with it for at least 24 hours. And then you really have to look at all sides of the outcome. If you make that decision, um, I'm maybe finding myself better at that today than I was years prior. Cause usually you act irrationally when you're emotional. Um, so, and then I try and use sounding boards, you know, people around me and say, "Well, what if?" and 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 really always ask what if and get a variety of opinions. And you might not always agree with their opinion, but at least you've asked and then you could bake that into what your final decision is. Mhm.
1: So, setting aside the obvious, which is e-boost every day. Um what's your diet and nutrition like?
0: Uh Let's just say I'm a guy that I'll I'll eat. I'd rather eat an entire bread pudding and just say I'll do three extra hours of cardio. So my (laughs) discipline around certain things is extremely weak. And Actually, my kids call me a seagull. So I unfortunately don't exercise the type of discipline in the kitchen or with treats or snacks that I should. occasionally. I'll go off the rails. But then other times I'll just be like I trained for I did haymakers uh, this year which was a, a fight for charity and I trained for three, three months. Like I tore both my rotator cuffs, like the first month of the training, and I still had to go through with it. Mm. But like diet wise, like I really exercise probably some of the most discipline i ever had. Um, so it's all your mindset, right? And my mindset right now is just like, try and eat healthy exercise every day, but don't deprive yourself of things that you want.
1: Yep sustainability, longevity yeah. um, you know yeah. those things that are supremely important and uh, and also having some fun mm-hmm. as, at the same time which is key yeah
0: yeah. So um, I could be better at diet for sure but I'm probably better than 90, 95% of America um, but of course it depends on what my outcome and my results I want so if I want to get focused and disciplined like I did for haymakers then I know that I could do it I'm supposed to do this two nine oh two nine uh this this mountain race in june which i'll I'll be surprised if it's not canceled but like
1: uh the uh, jet one
0: yeah so supposed to do that in sun valley and i can't i haven't been able to really train train because i've had this crazy like compound fracture in my foot or tendonitis. i miss going to my mri because of this whole outbreak outbreak so i don't know what it is so if it is in, in June, I'm going to have to do, like, a power training session and make major sacrifices and diet. Yes.
1: What makes you want to take these things on? I mean, haymakers, you're getting in the ring, you know, boxing, you're getting hit. You know, now you talk about, you know, the Je- Jesse's Challenge, the twenty nine oh oh two nine, it's up, down, up, down, what is it, Everest, basically, of a distance, I think?
0: So yeah, it's 29,000 feet. Uh, I, yep. You know, it's... I, I think when I turn 50, like mentally, I'm like, fucking, what have you really done? Like what, where have you made yourself vulnerable and put yourself in a situation that's really uncomfortable? And until you could put yourself in those posi- positions, you don't realize what you're fully capable of, right? The view is always better at the top of the mountain, not at the bottom yeah. talking about it. So I want to just climb more mountains and just like take on bigger challenges. So my goal is every year do at least three big challenges.
1: I think it becomes more about experiences over things at a certain point, right? For sure. And, and
0: that's why I love Jesse's whole mantra and his whole build your life resume. He's looking at life. He's like fucking every day is about an experience and a resume and a, and a, and a memory. Memories go on your resume.
1: Was there a point, you know, where, you know, you mentioned the 50, but was there a point even financially, you know, where it was kind of like, you know, maybe money's not really the driver. You know, what's your relationship with money when it comes to that stuff?
0: Um, I have a bad relationship with money because I, I value it and I want all of the uh, freedoms that come with it. But I've always erred on the side of do what you are most passionate about. There's a lot of opportunities where I could have leveraged money in a much different way. Um but I've focused on doing the things that make me happy. And I always want to err on the side of um, not being greedy or selfish. And, and, and I never put money as my top priority, which maybe I should have, but in certain situations. So it's not, it's not everything to me, but
1: I But I want all the benefits of the freedom that come with it.
0: So
1: I'm conflicted. It's an interesting dichotomy though, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it does. It does buy freedom, but it doesn't buy happiness.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I tell that everyone. I said, if someone dropped a billion dollars onto my plate, you'll see the happiest mofo you've ever seen in your life.
1: Well, yep, I've, I've actually written similar you know, to, to that yeah. as well. However, I think if you're a genuinely happy person again, to begin with, it absolutely yes. will make you happier. You know, the experiences, the freedoms, the things you can do. Oh. If you are unhappy in your relationships or in general or whatever it may be, you know, I think we've probably both been around some quite miserable, very wealthy people, you know, wherever you put them, it's not going to make them happy. I just, I know a guy that just made $3 billion. And I'm like, how do you not call
0: your hundred best friends, plus every single person at your company that helped you build the company and throw an event and hand everyone a briefcase with a million dollars in cash. Like, how would you not do that? How would you not just, like, enrich all the people that you're connected to and the people that helped you build your company? And this this person I'm talking about, I guarantee he's not going to give a nickel to a single soul, and he's going to hoard everything, and he's a a miserable person, and he's he's never been a happy person, and money's always been his tool to cool. But he's not cool, and he's not generous, and he's not thoughtful, and it's a waste of a lot of money in one person's hands.
1: Do you think you kind of need that attitude in a way to, to get that, meaning, like, you feel the way you do. I agree if you feel the same way about it. And I've been around, some people have worked before, have had some partners, you know, that are, that are like the other individuals you, you describe. Do you think almost, like, you have to have some of that in order to get to that level of success, like some of that discontent, unhappiness, you know, those blinders on, you know, or, or. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately most of the people that are successful have that and they're driven by money and driven by success and driven using that as their power to put themselves on a certain pedestal. So unfortunately that's a trait of a lot of successful people.
1: Yeah. And I think we could, we could talk about the measure and metrics of success Uh, for a while. I find that subject always to be fascinating amongst, Certainly, entrepreneurs and "quote unquote" successful people, where everybody draws that line in a different place, or they look at balance of their pie chart, you know, very, very differently. You know, there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can save that potentially for part two. We could do that round, round and round. Um, but I want to close on on to to eBoost and what you're focused on uh, intently right now. Um, where do we see eBoost going? How can we best utilize eBoost as as a consumer? You know, a guy like myself, forty seven, not far away from from my fiftieth, focusing on sustainability, longevity, you know, health. Yeah. Where do you want to take the brand? Um, and how do I best use it? You know, to help my help my life.
0: Well, I like to say this: it only works if you take it. So don't talk about it; be about it. And and the frustrating thing is like with eBoost is like I'll give it to people and they're like oh I loved it man I had my best workout ever uh, I loved how it tastes I love how I felt oh cool man um, you, have you been taking it every day no no man I, you know, I used those three packets you gave me I go but you said you had your best workout ever you felt amazing like why wouldn't you A ask me for more or B go buy some and make it <laughs> part of your daily ritual like I don't get it right <laughs> Like, if I found a product that made me feel like that, I would not be without it. So it's just frustrating. It's like, how do you build healthy habits into people when they actually feel the performance benefits? So that's challenge all products and brands have. But, you know, the thing that makes me happy is the feedback that I get. You know, I got an email the other day from a woman that works at a hospice. I don't know how old she was. And she says, I've been telling people about your product for 10 years. And because I've been taking it every single day, I feel great, and I outperform all the other coworkers because it just gives me this amazing energy and focus, and I really don't get sick. I can't say our product keeps you from getting sick, but it's got kind of essential vitamins and minerals like, uh, you know, RDA of vitamin C and B12 and zinc and potassium. So if you took all those ingredients separately every single day, it would help. Uh, we happen to put it all in one product. But well, when I hear people say those kind of testimonials, like that, makes me feel really good and know that we have something special. So it's just educating, getting people's hands, and just you know, I say, listen, it's not for everyone. It's only for people that want to feel great and do more. <laughs>
1: well, well put and very and very simple. So, Josh, where do we find it? What's the website? What's the best way to follow you? Find and follow the product. Uh, what should we be doing?
0: Uh, eboost.com, that's where you get the most information on the brand. And obviously, and I always recommend if you can support a brand from their direct web to do it instead of Amazon, because Amazon is a, is a tricky place to do business uh, unless you're Amazon. So if you if you find brands you like, always try and support them through their native website, especially entrepreneurs. Um, Sprouts is a big national retail partner of ours. You can find all the products there. Um, and you can find me at J.M. Tachman on Instagram or Josh Tachman at Facebook. And I try and respond or reply to anybody, everybody that reaches out to me uh, on LinkedIn as well.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the midlife mail podcast. Please leave us that five-star rating, that positive review. If you want to reach out to me, Greg at midlife mail, Dot com. Let me know what you think. Comments, questions I should ask, men we should have on the show. Subscribe to the newsletter at gregsheiman.com. And let's go. I'll see you next week.